Section 20 of A Year with the Saints, translated by a member of the Order of Mercy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, recording by Maria Therese. 16. In attending to ordinary business and daily needs, we should not allow ourselves to be transported by eagerness and anxiety, but take reasonable and moderate care, and then leave everything completely and entirely to the disposal and guidance of divine providence giving it scope to arrange matters for its own ends, and to manifest to us God's will. For we may consider it certain that when God wills that an affair should succeed, delay does not spoil it, and the greater part he takes in it, the less there will be left for us to do. St. Vincent de Paul Before making use of human means, though honorable and necessary, it was the usual custom of this saint to have recourse to the divine, and while recommending the matter to God, he would remain quiet and wait until God should give it an impulse to his own ends and for his greater glory. He used to say the providence gives good success to the plans of those who are willing to follow it and not run in advance of it. For example, when many charitable ladies importuned him to search for some young girls with whom he might lay the foundation of his congregation of the Sisters of Charity, and he found it difficult to meet with suitable ones, he was not at all discouraged but contented himself with having recourse to God in prayer, and waiting until his providence should deign to reveal to him some method of providing for this need. 17. So much earnestness and trouble in seeking means and helps to fortify ourselves in advance against the accident of this life and to remedy its ills is a great failure in confidence towards God, for by this going in advance of the order of his providence, we show that we trust more in our own devices than in his holy guidance, and that we rest more upon human prudence than upon his holy word. St. Vincent de Paul When Father Alvarez was rector of a poor college, he had a steward who often came to tell him of the daily wants and what was necessary to support the house. Once he asked him whether he had recommended the matter to God. The steward replied that he had no time to pray. This, rejoined the good superior, ought to be the first thing. Go into some room and make a little prayer to the Lord. Do you think this flock has no master, or such a one as has no regard for their lives? Go in peace, and remember that this depends not on your efforts. The steward obeyed, and often afterwards found means of support, which he considered miraculous. 18. When the will of God is clearly seen in any affair, no matter how difficult, it should be undertaken with intrepidity and pursued with constancy even to the end however many and great may be the obstacles which oppose it for the providence of god never fails those things that are undertaken by his order st vincent de paul when this saint had begun an undertaking and felt sure that it was the will of god he never abandoned it for any opposition that might intervene instead of becoming disheartened he only showed the greatest constancy and resolution the more he was harassed and opposed by creatures. When St. Charles had weighed any enterprise, he was about to commence, prudently and maturely, and judged it good for the service of God, though it might seem to others sure to fail. He began and prosecuted it with great courage and always with success. St. Francis de Sales said that St. Jane Francis de Chantal showed a most courageous and generous soul in continuing undertakings with which God had inspired her. When St. Francis Xavier saw that the honor of God called him, he went without fearing difficulties or dangers of any kind, and so he attempted nothing which he did not continue, and began nothing which he did not pursue to the end. 19. 
let us put our confidence in god and establish ourselves in an entire dependence upon his providence then we need not fear whatever men can say or do against us for all will turn to our good nay were all the world to rise against us nothing would come of it except what was pleasing to god in whom we have placed our hopes st vincent de paul one of his priests having written to this saint that plans were on foot to supplant his congregation and that persons of influence were supporting these evil designs he gave this reply let us establish and settle ourselves firmly in total dependence upon god's providence and then not allow our minds to be overshadowed by these useless apprehensions for nothing will happen contrary to his holy will while st gregory the bishop had gone down one night into the choir for matins some of his rivals placed a woman in his bed and after the office made some excuse for accompanying him to his chamber then the woman who had been preconcerted began to cry out and accuse the bishop of sacrilege by this he was disgraced through all the city and condemned to imprisonment by the pope but god took care of him for the holy apostles peter and paul visited and consoled him in his prison and he performed many miracles the woman meanwhile was possessed and tormented by the devil until she appeared before a council of bishops and revealed the plot she was then cured by the saint the wicked accusers condemned to the severest penalties the bishop exonerated by the pope and his holiness publicly declared twenty souls that are weak and too much attached to their own reputation make a great stir and commotion and can have no peace if any calumny is spread against them it is not thus with generous souls who aim at nothing except to please god they know very well that he sees their innocence and has it at heart more than they themselves and therefore he will not neglect to defend them as their greatest good requires st augustine in a letter to monsignor camus st francis de sales says i hear that they are all tearing me to pieces in paris but i hope god will patch me up again as good as new if it is necessary for his service i do not care for any more reputation than i need for this for provided god be served what does it matter whether it be by good or evil report by the exaltation or lowering of our reputation let him dispose of my name and honour as he will since all is his and if my objection increases his glory ought i not to rejoice in being cast down at another time when an enormous calumny had been invented against him his friends seeing that he made no attempt to justify himself said that he ought to do so because his reputation was most necessary to his ministry but he told them that the lord knew how much credit he required for his ministry and he did not wish for more bishop halifax having been accused of maladministration in his office would not defend himself when an examination into his methods was ordered but he left his cause entirely in the hands of god saying that he well knew his good intentions and that he expected to be defended by his providence as the glory of god required whom he desired to serve and in this way he prospered twenty one when any one reposes all his confidence in god god continually exercises a special protection over him and in this state of things he can be assured that no evil will happen to him st vincent de paul for this reason st vincent de paul was never cast down or discouraged in all the afflictions crosses and vexatious accidents which befell him or his priests but he remained always full of confidence in god with a perfect evenness of temper and constant abandonment to divine providence and what is more he rejoiced to find himself in such difficulties 
as they gave him opportunity to exercise a more perfect, absolute, and total dependence on the divine will. The Emperor Ferdinand II, hearing some remarks about the bad state of the times, said, Let us do our part, and then leave ourselves and our affairs to the government of God, who will dispose everything well. And when any disaster was feared, he would say, The Lord will provide. 22. When once we have placed ourselves totally in the hands of God, we have no cause to fear misfortune, for, if any should come to us, he will know how to make it turn to our good, by ways which we do not know now, but which one day we shall know. St. Vincent de Paul Two singular events which happened, one to St. Francis de Sales, and the other to St. Ignatius Loyola, prove the truth of this statement. When a young secular, St. Francis, once visited Rome, and returning one evening to an inn near the Tiber, where he lodged, he found his servants in a dispute with the landlord, who wished him to find some other house, as he hoped to receive more profit from another party, whose luggage he had already taken in, and for whom he wished to dispossess the holy baron. Nor would the quarrel have ended with angry words alone, if St. Francis, with his usual meekness, had not ordered his servants to do as the landlord wished. He agreed, then, to find another lodging, but scarcely had he done so when a heavy rain swelled the Tiber and made it overflow the banks, causing an inundation which carried away the unhappy inn and all its occupants, so that not one escaped, nor was there a trace left of the building, which had been considered one of the best of its kind in Rome. When St. Ignatius had arrived in Cyprus on his return from visiting the holy places, he found three vessels ready to sail for Italy. The first belonged to Turkey, the second was in a Venetian ship, strong and well-equipped, and apparently able to struggle successfully with the most furious gales. The third was a little old boat, leaky and worm-eaten. Many urged the master of the Venetian ship to receive Ignatius on board for the love of God, praising him and extolling him as a saint. But when the man heard that Ignatius was poor and had no money for his passage, he answered that if Ignatius was a saint, he did not need a vessel to cross the sea, for he could go on foot as so many other saints had done. As he would not receive him, Ignatius was obliged to take the old ship, where they welcomed him freely and with much liberality. The three vessels set sail on the same day, but after they were all well out at sea, in the darkness of the night a fierce tempest arose, in which the Turkish ship foundered with all its crew on board. The Venetian ran aground, her passengers barely escaping with their lives, and the old craft alone gained the port. We see in these two examples how the Lord gave his protection to two faithful servants, making use even of the wickedness of men to expel one and exclude the other from places doomed to disaster. It is true that Joseph and Job in the Old Testament suffered great trials, but how incredibly greater were the advantages they derived from them. 23. When we find ourselves in any danger, even a grave one, we ought not to lose courage, but to trust much in the Lord. For where the peril is greater, there also is greater aid from him who chooses to be called the helper in dangers and tribulations. St. Ambrose St. Ignatius Loyola was once on board a ship in a severe storm, when the mast was broken off, and all were weeping and trembling in expectation of death. He alone was cheerful and fearless, remembering that the winds and sea obey God, and that without his permission tempests rise not, neither can they sink any ship and choosing for himself whatever fate God might choose for him. 24. 
There are some who so cling to their confidence in God that they cannot abandon it even in extreme cases which appear quite hopeless. Oh, how dear they are to God, and how much help they receive from Him! The Emperor Ferdinand II once saw the whole North combined against him, but when he was informed of defeats and of the loss and devastation of provinces, he was not at all disturbed, and answered always, God will deliver me from this tempest. Nor was he mistaken, for when the case appeared desperate, he gained a signal victory, by which he discomfited all his enemies. What could be more desperate than the situation of Susanna, accused, condemned, and led out to death? Yet she trusted in the Lord, and was set free. 25. Whoever does not lose courage in unexpected difficulties, but immediately has recourse to God with confidence, shows that this virtue is well rooted in his heart. Rodriguez We read in the Life of the Fathers that St. Columban, standing one day, without any thought of danger, suddenly saw twelve wolves coming up to him. They surrounded him, and finally began to nibble at his garments. He was not, however, at all alarmed, and did nothing but invoke God in these words, Deus in agitorium meum intende, domine ad adjuvandum me festina, upon which the wolves immediately fled. The abbot Theodore was asked whether he should be afraid if he heard on a sudden a loud crash and a terrible tumult. No, he answered, if the world shall fall in ruins and earth and sky be blended together, Theodore would not be afraid. 26. The confidence of the Christian soul rests in perfect abandonment to God, above and beyond, every consideration of human prudence. Oh, what happiness to walk in this perfect dependence upon a sovereign providence, remaining continually under the divine protection. St. Jane Francis de Chantal Such was the confidence of Abraham, who hoped that his posterity would spread over the whole world, according to the divine promise though by the order of God himself he should sacrifice to him the life of his only son at a time when he could not expect to have another. Equally great was that of holy Job, who, afflicted in body, bereft of his sons, deprived of his property, and ridiculed by his friends, still said, Though he should slay me, yet will I always hope in him. 27. Whoever casts himself into the arms of God's providence and allows himself to be ruled, is borne to heaven in a chariot, with all his crosses, so that he scarcely feels their weight. He who acts otherwise goes on foot, dragging them with labor and weariness. St. Bernard The Emperor Ferdinand II said of himself, Trials and troubles would have worn me out long ago, if I had not abandoned all my affairs and myself, as well, to Providence. In a city of Italy there lived a poor young girl, who was bedridden and afflicted by many infirmities. Yet those who visited her found her always cheerful, and even the report of a threatened famine caused her no alarm. Being asked how she kept up her cheerfulness in the midst of so many miseries, she replied that all her thoughts rested upon God, that she was like a little bird under the wings of divine providence, and therefore she was neither afraid nor anxious about anything. 28. The servant of God ought to fear nothing, and to give himself but little concern, even as to the devils themselves. For, every time they fail to terrify us, they lose strength, and the soul masters them more easily. If the Lord is powerful, and they are his slaves, what harm can they do to those who are servants of so great a king and lord? St. Teresa This saint testifies of herself that she was so timid, 
that she often did not dare to go into her room alone, even in the day. But finally she began to consider what a shame it was for a soul to be alarmed and affrighted at anything but offending God, when we have so great and powerful a Lord who rules everything. Then she thought how all creatures, even the devils, are subject to him, and how she desired to serve this Lord, and aimed at nothing but to please him and do his will. In conclusion, she said to herself, What am I afraid of? What do I fear? And, taking a cross in her hands, she began to challenge the demons, saying, Come now, all of you, for I am a servant of God. I wish to see what you can do to me. After that, she said that she felt full of courage, and all her fears vanished, so that though she saw the demons many times afterwards, she had no fear of them at all, and it seemed to her, on the contrary, that they feared her, because she felt such superiority over them, that she regarded them no more than so many flies. A servant of God who was much tormented by the devils, constantly sang with joy the psalm, Laudate Pure Dominum. The devils, being angry at this, increased her torments, but she mocked them and said, I count you as nothing, vermin. I have my Lord with me, and do not fear you in the least. 29. Though one should fall into many and grievous sins and imperfections, he ought never to despair of his salvation, nor lose confidence in God, for the divine clemency is infinitely greater than human malice. St. John Chrysostom When St. Bernard was severely ill, he had a rapture, in which he seemed to be led to judgment, and there tempted to despair by the devils, to whom he gave this answer. I confess that I do not deserve paradise for my works, for I know that I am unworthy of so great a good. Nevertheless, my Lord has two claims to it, one, that he is the Son of God, the other, that he died upon the cross. The first is sufficient for him, and the other he gives to me. For this reason I have hope. St. Vincent Ferrer was remarkable for his confidence in God, which was strikingly illustrated by the following incident. One day he was informed that a dying man had fallen into despair, through considering his great sins, and that he had therefore refused to make his confession. He hastened to his bedside with much hope of winning him over. My brother, he said to him, will you, who know that Jesus Christ died for you, despair of his mercy? You would thus grievously slight the great kindness he has shown you. These words made the sick man very angry, and he answered, Just for that I mean to be damned, in spite of Christ. And in spite of yourself you shall be saved, replied the saint. Then, turning to the bystanders, he said, Let us recite the rosary to the Blessed Virgin, to obtain from her the conversion of this most obstinate sinner. The Lord was pleased to show how acceptable to him was the generous confidence of his servant, for before the rosary was ended, the room was filled with a brilliant light, and the great mother of God appeared, with the infant upon her arm, all stained with blood. The hardened sinner was moved with love, grief, and compunction at this sight. He made his confession with heartfelt contrition, and a little while after, with a look of heavenly joy upon his face, breathed forth his spirit into the hands of God. Blosius relates to St. Gertrude that she was one day considering which of the many things she had learned from the Lord she might most usefully reveal to men, when she heard his voice in her heart speaking in this manner. It would be of the greatest use to them to know and remember that I am continually interceding before my Father for their salvation, and that as often as they stain their hearts through human frailty by evil thoughts, I offer to him in expiation my most pure heart, 
and when they commit sinful deeds, I offer to him my pierced hands, and so, however they err, I instantly seek to appease the Divine Father, that they may obtain pardon on their repentance. 30. Finally, if we wish to perform our actions well, and to provide for all our needs, we ought, from time to time, to look to God in imitation of the examples of navigators, who direct their course to the point they seek, rather by looking upwards to the sky than downwards where they are floating. To prove the truth of this sentiment, it is sufficient to cast a glance upon the example of so many saints already cited for this month, without referring to any new ones. 31. We have yet to speak of the confidence to be practiced in temptations and spiritual aridity, but since this is a point of the highest importance, which cannot be treated briefly, it seems more desirable to make it the subject of a separate treatise, which will afford much consolation and help to those who suffer from such trials. End of section 20